Hallelujah. How many of us love him today? No, you really love him today. Here we are, December 13th, sitting here with 60 plus degrees, bright, bright sunshine, because God allowed us an opportunity to gather on the outside to express what's happening in us on the inside. Our Father and our God, we do not take this moment lightly. I believe that everyone that is here today, you have ordained it to be so. I believe that those who are tuning in, Lord, you've purposed it from all eternity. I pray that the word that you would speak today, Lord, would be life to us. That we would indeed have ears to hear and a heart to obey. I pray today that 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 you purpose from eternity to come to pass in this moment and this time, time that we stand in now, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, for those of you all that are gathering via Facebook, thank you for being with us. We uh, do not take your time lightly as well. We greet you in the matchless name of Jesus. There are those of us who are gathered outside here at 740 North Main Street in the beautiful city of High Point, North Carolina. We are grateful for the opportunity that God has provided us. As I stated earlier, it's 60 plus degrees. We outside and it's bright and sunny. For those of you all that are tuning in somewhere else where it's cold, where it's gray, the Lord bless you. I remember, I'm originally from Michigan, I remember what it's like, but it's, I love calling North Carolina home, hallelujah. I am grateful today and I believe that there's a word from the Lord. I want to encourage you that if you are, if you have contemplated anybody that you believe that need to hear a word from God, I want to encourage you to reach out to that person now. I want to encourage you to take this time because I believe God has a word for his people. And I believe that this is a word to be fitly spoken for this due season. Well, Pastor, are you saying that because you're sharing the word? No. I'm sharing it. I'm saying that to you because it's the word of God. And if there's anything that people need right now, they need a word from God. It is imperative that we all find ourselves in a place that we're not just hearing what CNN is saying. We're not just hearing what ABC News is saying. We're not just hearing what CBS World News is saying. We're hearing what God is saying. And I believe that that's absolutely critical to the time and the place that we find ourselves in. So with that being said, I want to get into the word today. I cannot promise you a 30-minute sermon. For those of you all that are accustomed to doing 30 minutes, I cannot promise you that today. But I can promise you a word from the Lord. Uh, this morning, I want to speak with you from the topic, Embracing the Kingdom Movement with No Attachments. Embracing the Kingdom Movement with No Attachments. We had Dr. Hall share with us about embracing the kingdom movement, and he talked about doing it in tough times. We had district missionary talk with us about embracing the kingdom movement by praying his will. All of these factors we had my wife share with us about embracing the kingdom movement, and when you look at just not just Dr. Hall, not just uh, district missionary, but even in my wife and uh, Elder Smith, I looked at the connections between everybody without them saying what they were going to talk about to each other. And I'm, I'm sitting and I'm saying, does anybody else understand what God is saying? Is anybody else getting it when they look? My wife talked about with no pretense. In other words, you're not just putting something out there. Elder Smith talked about going to the other side. 
You got it's a continuous movement. Something is happening. You can't just assume that you're gonna be able to do this. Oh well, well, it's tough times. I need to pack it up. No, Dr. Hall says we don't do it like that. Well, I gotta find out what's what's God's what's what's going on. What do I, no, no, you can't do your will. It's got to be His will. District missionary tells us that. My wife says you can't do it without preachers. You can't fake it till you make it. And Elder Smith said we got to go somewhere. It's to the other side. So I just want to come in and simply say we need to do it with no attachments. No attachments. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Just a little bit about this scripture. First and foremost, there are a cloud of witnesses watching us. I know sometimes we feel like nobody's looking, but I want you to know everything we do, somebody is watching. You may not see them, but the Bible informs us that there's a great cloud of witnesses. Now, some people love to say the saints of old are watching us. I don't necessarily believe that. I don't see that myself. But I know that the angels are watching us. So they are a great cloud, but they're not just any cloud. They are witnesses. They are witnessing to what we're doing. And it says, in essence, because of that, let us. So it's something you and I have the ability to do. It is not a God thing. God doesn't have to lay aside this weight. We do. And then the sin which so easily besets us. It's within our power because of the new nature that's within us to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Or it's like a runner that's running and there's something that keeps hindering him from running the way he wants to run, from running the way he's capable of running, from kicking into the next gear that he's able to kick into, it's the hindrance that's there, and God is saying, lay that aside. And then he says, do it by running with patience. It is a proverbial oxymoron. You run generally with speed. But we are cautioned and encouraged to run with patience. And it is a race, but it ain't because you're the fastest now. It's because you can endure. You can endure some things. You can go through some stuff. You can deal with some things. That ain't my text today, but I just thought we would look into that scripture a little bit. <laughs> Because sometimes we, we, we think ain't nobody looking. We think we don't have a responsibility. So, I want to talk again about embracing the kingdom movement with no attachments. The word attached actually means to be connected to something or someone. To be connected to something or someone. My first point this morning, and I, I sincerely hope that you'll hear me, and I pray that at the end of this time that we're sharing together over the word of God, that you don't walk away simply saying, that was a sermon. Because I honestly believe with all my heart that God is going to speak to us very clearly and very precisely today. And that as we, the people of God, break from the word today, we will have a choice. You will have a choice because now you know. You will have a choice because now 
you recognize the ability to execute that choice. So I want to talk about embracing the kingdom movement with no attachments. First off, number one, be mindful of bodily attachments. Be mindful of bodily attachments. What do you mean, Pastor, bodily attachments? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. The Bible says, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. It is absolutely remarkable that sometimes Christians forget that the body, the actual physical body that we possess, it is a member of Christ. The Bible says, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? What are we connecting our bodies to? God forbid, look at verse 16. What, know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So what am I saying? We are actually connected to the Lord Jesus. And what we do in our bodies can affect that connection. For some reason, you even hear believers says, you can do what you want with your body. Where is that in scripture? Where is it that you have the right to do what you want with your physical body? Where is it that you were taught that doctrine of error? It does not exist. It is a lie from the enemy. As a matter of fact, the Bible says you've been bought with a price. Verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 6 says, flee fornication. It said run from it. You don't counsel fornication. You don't discuss fornication. You don't debate fornication. It is an overpowering thing. You run from it. Well, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm strong enough. You already done. You already done. If you could handle it so much, why would God waste time by saying flee from it? You can sit up here and think that I'm talking to 20-year-olds. I got news for you. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. The Bible says flee fornication. You sitting at home, it's a nice quiet moment and something hits you and I urge from nowhere. You looking around like, where did that come from? Listen, you can act. See, people act so spiritually deep as though these things are not real and later on, when the truth come out, lo and behold. You couldn't say you were struggling to nobody. You just thought I'd just deal with it myself. Bible says flee fornication. Sometimes you got to pack your bags and run. I wish somebody would have told me this when I was younger. Well, that's another story. This is when saints, saints get quiet again. Like, a, ooh, ooh. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Why, we didn't, why weren't we told that when you commit fornication, you're sinning against your own body? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? So who's the people who are telling us that we own our own bodies? Where are they at when you're reading the text? So our bodies belong to Christ. I'm going somewhere. See, because I'm talking about first the bodily connections. I'm going somewhere. Verse 20. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So my body and my spirit belong to God. I can't connect it with any and everybody. 
See, the price, the, you know, people say this. Every man has his price. This is what I say. The price has already been paid. You're right. I have a price. But the price has already been paid. He says we were bought with the price. It's already paid. I'm not looking for the next thing here to give in to or, or who could be the highest bidder. It's already paid. See, the price for you and I has already been paid. Romans chapter 6, verse 12, New Living Translation says this. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. See, we now have a choice over who controls us. As a sinner, I had no choice because sin was my nature. It was my natural tendency. As a born-again believer, we now have a choice. It says, do not let sin control. In other words, you letting it control you if it's controlling you. It's not because you don't have a choice. Verse 13. Now, let's get into this a little bit more. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. See, we have not understood that we could pick up attachments. See, instead, give yourselves completely to God. Don't you, don't, see, it, this ain't a Sunday service. This ain't a midweek service. He says, give yourself completely to God. My body is not his on Sunday, but somebody else's on Saturday night. My body is not his on Sunday and then I'm doing something else on Monday night while I'm watching the game. I'm just saying, instead give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. Can I just remind you that this is written to believers? This is not to sinners. It's written to the saints. He says, so use your whole body as an instrument, that includes the tongue that we want to cuss people out with. That, that includes that deadly tongue that we want to curse folk out with. Use your whole body. Well, well Pastor, I ain't sleeping with nobody. Yeah, but are you lying? Are you lying? Well, you know, everybody every once in a while tells a little. No, they don't. That's just what you tell yourself because you lie so much you even have to lie to yourself. See, you don't want no attachments in these days. And let me, let me just keep going and you'll see why. He says, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So we each dictate who gets the glory from our lives. Do you want the enemy to be glorified because you give in to sin? Or do you want God to be glorified because you choose to obey him? You dictate that. That ain't God. That's you. It's up to you now. Well, you know, Pastor, I just don't understand. You're talking about bodily attachments. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, we love, I'm not sleeping with nobody. I'm not doing, listen, but what are you doing with your body? Is it giving God the glory that's due his? That's due him. You know what? What's really interesting is when you look at demonic spirits, what they want is a body. Because they cannot manifest themselves adequately in this physical world without a body. They're looking for one and you got one. So what are you doing with the one you have? Is it bringing God glory? And listen, since you, since you said something, I want you to realize everybody struggles with their flesh. From 8 to 80 and beyond. Because our flesh is not redeemed. This flesh is never going to be redeemed. You do not cast out flesh. If you had a temper through your flesh, you have to subdue that temper right now. You have to learn to master that by the Spirit of God. Your flesh is not redeemed. 
as saved as you are, it is not. If your flesh loved to do all of the things it used to love to do, it really still loves to do those things. It's just that now your spirit man is saying no. And if you keep feeding the monster, he's going to overtake the spirit man. Because you have attachments. Verse 16. He says, don't you realize that you have become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. See, obeying God will produce righteousness. And sometimes God will say things to you like, be quiet. But God, don't you know what? Be quiet. Now, who are you going to obey? That flesh is bubbling. It's boy. It, I, I could just, mm, mm. Who are you going to obey? See, now you get to see who you want to be glorified. Because your flesh wants the glory of being able to share its mind. I could just give him a piece of my mind. Why do we want to give our mind away? You're supposed to have the mind of Christ anyway. What other new, what, is there another mind somewhere? Amen. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We got to die. You do not cast out flesh. You crucify it. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to just be very honest, and I don't even know if people even talk about this anymore. Because people struggle with their flesh and oftentimes don't know what to do. I just look into the camera. I won't look at nobody here. We struggle with our flesh and we don't know what to do. We, we say stuff like, well, let me go and get such and such to pray with me. That's good. But do you really, really want to know how to deal with your flesh? Oh, I see you shaking your head. You really want to know. Okay. This is what you do. When you feel your flesh rising up, and it's a feeling, you know it. I know it. You know it. You see the tendencies. I'm like, oh, I, I, oh, I just, mm. you, see, you feeling something. Or you get that urge, that late night urge, you feeling something. Mm. I wonder what, no, no, you don't want to wonder what they're doing. You don't need to be calling nobody. No, you feeling something. What that is an indication of is that your flesh is rising. What you need to do is plan a fast time. I'm just telling you what works. Listen, my flesh don't like it and yours won't either. Because something we have been doing has fed it enough where it's starting to feel strength now. And it's ready to take over and rule again. So what you and I have to do is rob it of its source of food, if you will. And what we do is fast. Cut it off. Shut it down. Well, Pastor, I don't like fasting. Don't nobody like fasting. Who told you that? Who told you that people like fasting? That's the whole point. Your, now, you see, your spirit man is not, it has, your spirit man is not feeding on physical food anyway. It is only your flesh. I, I, I'll tell all of us this. Do you know when we sit down and we get a full meal and we all, that's what, your flesh really want to act up then. But now when it's starving, that fella laying down and he quiet. You don't hear him say nothing. Feed me. Feed me. So when you see your flesh acting up, that is the time for you to just say, you know what? I'm going to set aside some, some consecration. I'm going to fast. And during my fast time, I'm going to read some scripture. 
and I'm going to pray. Now, I ain't telling you how long to do any of this. I'm just telling you how to rob this flesh of the energy it is using to grow. And it will bring your spirit man back in order where now he can rule and dictate what happens. What most people do is they have flesh struggles and they keep going and going and they try to hide it. And before you know it, well, I'm, I'm, okay, Holy Spirit, right, today we're going to just go there. Here's what really happens. People struggle in their flesh and they say, well, you know what? I just, I just sit here and I'll I, I tell you what I do. I, I just watch me a good movie. And that's fine. You start watching the movie. And that's fine. Then after that, you say, well, you know what? Let me, let, me, let me go and do something else. In other words, we start finding different things to think that it's going to just distract us. You're not distracting the flesh because until you actually cause it to fast, it's still just as strong. You're not distracting. I'm going to read a good book. That, no, no, that don't work with flesh. You have to actually, see, even Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And the enemy came when he was hungry. See, you, if you ain't fasting long enough to be hungry, you ain't fasting. Well, I'm going to fast an hour. What? What is that? You need to at least fast long enough to be hungry. And while you're fasting, pray. I ain't saying you got to be praying every moment of the fast, but pray while you're fasting. Read some scripture. Because now what you're doing is you're catering to your spirit man and not your flesh man. Wow, y'all have all off my point here. <laughs> See, obeying God produces righteousness. Verse 19, Paul says this. He says, because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. He says, previously, you yourselves, you were slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you got to give yourselves to be slaves by righteous living so that you'll become holy. So my point being, do not or be mindful of the bodily attachments, the things that we attach ourselves to physically. Number two, wow, be mindful of influential attachments. Now, saints, I want you to really listen to this. Be mindful of influential attachments. These are not as obvious as bodily things. Listen, see, all attachments are not physical. Some are only influential. Listen. Anybody or anything that has more influence over you than Christ has is an idol. I'm going to say that again because this, for a lot of us, is our problem. Anything or anybody that has more influence over you than Christ has is an idol. You know, social media influences, they don't sell anything. They just influence people to make decisions. You can watch somebody, somebody, well, I, I follow so-and-so because they do makeup. They do this. They do that. They, whatever you follow them on. They work on cars. See, they don't necessarily sell anything, but they influence society. The enemy has influences in society. He has influencers to influence you in your decision making. And if there's one thing that I see happening in the body of Christ, it's bad decisions. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Now, I'll be honest with you, this is going to be offensive for some people. Maybe not the ones that I see in front of me right now, but I know it's going to be offensive to some people. Maybe it is some of the people that I see in front of me. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Because I would rather you be offended and know what's right than to keep going and doing what's wrong. Amen. Because right now, people are not aware that these attachments are going to cost them. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. 
The Bible says, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Every one of us that gave our lives to Christ said this. If you honestly made an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, this is what you said. Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. This gentleman made the right decision and he did it with no attachments. Now, after he made the right decision with no attachments, listen. The next verse, verse 58, Jesus said this to him. And Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man hath not where to lay his head. In other words, Jesus let him know that this journey will not always be convenient. You made the right decision. You did it with no attachments. But I want you to know it will not always be convenient. I don't have anywhere to lay my head. I don't have all of the conveniences that everybody else uh, 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 may have. I don't have all of the things. See, that's not going to always be presented to you. And I want you to know that up front. See, just hold on now. Be mindful of not just bodily attachments, but influences or the influential attachments. Verse 59. And he said unto another, not the same man, but another man now. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, he who? The other man, not the one. See, the first one did it right. But watch this. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. So listen. He refused the call of God because he felt the timing wasn't right. There was something else more influential. How many of us hear God speak to us? We say, okay, Lord, I'll do that, but I'll get to it right after I do. Well, Lord, when I finish this, let me go do this right here first, Lord. Look at this. Follow me, but he said, Lord, suffer me or allow me first to go and bury my father. Seemingly a noble cause. Got to bury my father. You know, you, of course you want him buried. You know, you, I, I'll get back with you right after that. So what does Jesus do with somebody who says that? Verse 60. Jesus said unto him. The man who said, let me, put, let me do things the way I want to first. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Listen to this. The moment God calls you, you are really equipped to preach the gospel. Now, I, I know you, we, 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 as preachers, we've said, you know, you need to be trained. There are some things you need to learn, but that don't mean that you can't tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus and who he is, which is the gospel. Amen. You can tell them what saved you. Amen. Do you realize that moment Jesus was telling him, now you need to follow me and preach the gospel. In other words, you can do it right now. And another, verse 61. So here's a whole different man. So as of right now, we're on our third person in this story. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my house. So he refused the call of God because the people at his house had more influence than Jesus did. Oh, my goodness. Can it be that the people in our homes have more influence on our lives than Jesus does? That we have given them a spot that even God doesn't have. That when they say come, we come. When they say go, we go. But when Jesus says come or go, we say, wait a minute, let me check with them first. 
verse 62. And Jesus said unto him, no man, wow, wow, wow. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Remember what's at stake. This kingdom of God is what's at stake. This is not a game. This is not what people told us about the way social interaction should be in life. When, you, you know, the Bible says in the book of Job, that Job's wife said, in the midst of a very bad and troubling time for both Job and his wife, that his wife literally looked at him and said, why don't you curse God and die? Now, Mrs. Job was wrong. Two people believe she was wrong. Hallelujah. Here's the thing. What if Job would have allowed her influence to be more than God's? I would rather know that my wife is going to stand for what's right in the time of trouble than to lean to the conveniences of life and say something off the wall like curse God and die. I would rather know that it may be a weak hour or a weak moment for me that my wife is going to encourage me by speaking what God says instead of the way the social norms may be pointing. See, you cannot afford to allow anyone to influence you more than God. The moment that happens, they become an idol. It's hard for some people because, well, that's my mama, that's my daddy, that's my grandmama, that's my, all of this. But you know what? Had it not been for God, they would not exist. And see, sometimes the enemy will try you by coming through the individuals in your house. Because what will you do now? Who do you love the most? Who will you obey? That's my baby. Really? Had it not been for God, you wouldn't have that baby. And in the end, don't you want to be in the right relationship with God because you might be the one to save that baby. Instead of compromising, and now all of a sudden you find yourself in a position well, they are lost and so are you. I know, well, you say, well, pastor, you, 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 that preacher, you just preaching that. Okay, no problem. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. The Bible says, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. See, the amount of things that you and I possess does not indicate our spirituality. Amen. There are some people who honestly feel, you know what, God is blessing me. Look at my house, look at my cars, look at my this, look at my bank account. Look at... And what they're saying is, see, I'm blessed because of my stuff. It's an indication of God blessing me. So it's not an indication of the fact that you make decent money. It's not an indication of the fact that you get good credit. See, we get this whole thing wrong because I, I don't know about you, but I, I believe it's a couple rap videos where it looked like they got more than what we got. And is it because God blessing them? I believe it's some folks that's hooking and crooking, they, they got a little bit more than what we got. But is it because God is blessing them? See, why have we fallen for the lie that because people have more stuff, than we have, it's an indication of blessing. It is not. You know, I was meditating on yesterday and I, I had an interesting thought. Every person under the sound of my voice, listen to this, every person under the sound of my voice, do you know what you came in this world with? 
Do you know what you're going to leave with? We were naked. We didn't even have clothes on when we was born. Think about that. We came with absolutely nothing. And we will leave with absolutely nothing. So why are we spending so much time on trying to accumulate something between when we came and when we leave? Because we've been told that our possessions indicate success. What did Jesus possess when he left? Ain't that amazing? So was he successful? It's quiet here too, Facebook. Don't worry. It's quiet here too. Let me give you a word of encouragement. Use things and love people. Don't love things and use people. Use things and love people. Luke chapter 14, verse 26 and 27. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, and yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus is serious about us not having attachment. He is serious about no one else influencing our lives above him. He is serious about him being the absolute priority in our lives. Don't be mistaken when someone asks you to do something and you know what God called you to do and you forfeit the calling of God because you, you say, well, I wanted to make them happy. Really? People are fickle. We don't know what, we don't always know what's going on. You have to put yourself in a position where you're going to obey God no matter what. Let me ask you something. What will it take to stop you from doing what God calls you to do? What will it take? Well, you know, uh, my, 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 my baby, she, she, you know, she, she was sneezing, so I felt I needed to stay home and, and, and not, you know, come and be in the presence of God today. I understand. But what did God, what did he tell you? What if the Lord had told you that that was the day he needed you to do something and he wanted you to be there and you allowed the sneeze to be enough? And that day, someone's life would have been changed because what you were going to share. See, we never look at what the impact is of when we don't do the will of God. All we do is think, well, you know, it'll be all right. Because the enemy never wants you to see that. He never wants you to see the moment. I think about, I want you to think about this. Somebody shared the gospel with you. Somebody did. I want you to think about that somebody that shared the gospel with you. What if the somebody that shared the gospel with them never shared it? The ripple effect of that somebody sharing the gospel with somebody that shared the gospel with you that now has you living in an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ would have never happened if the one person would have allowed something to stop them from doing the will of God. One of the things that disturbed me is the ease of people no longer seeing the importance of doing God's will. You cannot just check out. You cannot just stop. You cannot just, well, I'm just happy to be saved. It don't work that way. If you're not doing the will of God, what else are you doing? If you're not actively engaged in the will of God, what are you doing? Do you know that Jesus literally said, Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, for I knew you not. If you look at the, when he's saying that, I think it's in Matthew chapter 7, he's saying it to believers. 
Well, what do you mean? Why, why do you say believers? Because they said, we, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? In other words, people just thought because they were doing little things when they wanted to do it, how they wanted to do it, it was all right. He says, you're a worker of iniquity. Iniquity is the same word for rebellion. You rebelled from my way and did it your way. And I don't know you. Saints, these are unique times. Stop it. You, this ain't the time to be tripping. This ain't the time to be doing your own thing. Not submitted. Nowhere. Just floating around here and there. Let me get to the last thing so we're close. I know you can tell, you can feel the, the, the lack of comfort right now. How do these attachments form? How do we form these attachments? Because when we first get saved, we don't have them. We say, for God I live, for God I die. Nobody else is influencing you in your life. You don't, you, you, I mean, nobody has the influence that God has when, when, when you first get saved. You love Jesus with all your heart. You wanted to do everything you could to please him. You don't didn't, you didn't care how people see you, what they say about. That was the way you were because you came for real. Lord, I love you. So how do these attachments what does this come from? First John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. New Living Translation. He says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. But when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. So first off, the attachments come or they're formed from loving the world. It is this system it's the arrangement of things in this fallen society that people fall in love with. They start loving, you know, you can have this, you can have that. You look, look at the things that Satan offered unto Jesus when he was uh, in the wilderness. He offered him the glory of all of the kingdoms. He offered him the things that were his. So often people fall for the things of this world. And it's not that those things are bad. It's that they try to be a replacement for who Christ is. Verse 16. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. In other words, it's the lust of our flesh. In Galatians 5, 19 and 21, the Bible says, when you follow this is New Living Translation. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature or the desires of our lustful flesh, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. Whenever you see people's flesh out of control, I promise you, you're going to find some sexual immorality somewhere. Some impurity. Some lustful pleasures. Some idolatry. Some sorcery. See, people don't realize witchcraft is the lust of the flesh. Amen. It's flesh blown out of proportion. You want control. You want to manipulate stuff. That's witchcraft or sorcery. Hostility. Some folk always read to fight. Why are you always read to fight? And not for the things of God. Quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger. Why is our temper not under control? Well, pastor, that's the way God made me. I thought, I mean, I just, you know, I, I thought according to the scripture that he's given you uh, uh, um, not just a, a, a spirit of peace and, and tranquility, but I thought he gave us a self-control. Well, in other words, you can control yourself. You, you throwing dishes against the wall. One, you, you just going off. And you said, well, you left the light on. What? You acting crazy like that because the light was left on? Where is this outburst of anger coming from? Isn't our flesh out of control? Well, he says selfish ambition. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to get mine. You're going to get yours. I don't care what happened. I'm getting mine. What's this selfish ambition? You want to get to the top. No matter what, no matter who it hurt, no matter who you step on to get there, you're going to get yours. 
What is that? How is that Christ-like? And what's up at the top anyway? This perceived top that you want to get to. See, one of the, one, one of the, the really crazy things about fleshly stuff is it never, never satisfies. Even when you get it, it's not satisfaction. It's like you, you have you ever had that? Okay, and I just, I'm going to be clean here because we got kids here. You haven't wanted something, a certain meal. I mean, you know, like, okay, I want some macaroni and cheese. And I want some broccoli casserole. And I want some fried chicken. Okay, now, now, now wait. That's what. See, some of y'all can smell it now. You can smell it right now. And, and, and see, you smell it, you see it, and you have you you waiting to taste it. And, and boy, you you see that thing, and it's laid out on the plate. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. You want to take a picture and post it. You want everybody else to see how good this looks. And you look at that piece of chicken, you say, I'm going to start right there. <laughs> fried, golden fried chicken. You pick up that piece of chicken, and the, uh, they just, your mouth is salivating. It can't wait. That, you, you, it's the crunch. Your ears, you, there's a sound you're waiting to hear. All of this accompanies the meal. You bite into that piece of chicken. Oh! And the blood began to run out of it because somebody didn't cook it all the way. See, that's the way it is for our flesh. It appealed to every aspect of our flesh until we actually partook of it. And when we partook of it, we realized it wasn't what we thought. It's too late, though. You already got it on your plate now. It's too late. You don't already sit down and prepare yourself for it. It's too late because you've already engaged in the meal. You're just not satisfied. See, that's the way the nature of our flesh is. It makes us think that everything we see and everything that we anticipate, we never look at the bad side of it. We never look at the consequences from what we're going to do. We never see that. Until it's too late. See, he says not just for the world offers a craving for the physical pleasures, but he says in verse, in the next part, he says a craving for everything we see. The Bible in the New, in the King James says it's a lust of the eyes for everything we see. In Proverbs 27, 20, he says, hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. See, only Jesus can satisfy the longing of our soul. These other attachments can't do it. That's why people get more than one thing. They're caught up in so many things. They're looking for stuff to satisfy. Our nation is split right now politically. Because you, I'm going to say this. Most people are scared to say it, but I'll say it. The reason people are split still is because both parties are looking for saviors and not presidents. And neither one of them are going to be satisfied. And it says not only do we look for a craving in everything that we see, but the pride in our achievements and possessions. He says these are not from the Father, but are from this world. See, something, what, are we, what are we trying to achieve? Do you want people to recognize you or do you want God to recognize you? Now, I'm not saying that you should not be the best on your job. You should be. You know why? Because you're working unto the Lord and not unto man. See, I'm not working for the recognition of man, but man may see the benefit or derive the benefit from what I do because I'm working as unto the Lord. So I'm, I'm going to say something to you. This morning, when you came to service, did you prepare as unto the Lord, or did you just come? What did you bring to service today? Those of you all that are at Facebook, you're doing what you do, 
What are you rendering unto the Lord? Did you set yourself apart? Did you make this time special? Did you make it work? Okay, I'm not distracted by the TV that's playing in the back, the radio that's going. I'm going to listen to what God has to say to me today. Did you make it special? Did you prepare? Or is it just any other moment? Where anything else could influence you right at the moment. Oh, let me get that phone call. Let me see what... Oh, so you walked away from God while he was talking to you because somebody else called. Whose who's call is more important than God? But while we're in prayer, if our cell phone go off, what do we do? Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to say that. You go to voicemail, it's nice to say that. But God knows. See, what distracts us, what pulls from us in times, and we act like God don't have feelings. Not only does he have feelings, but they're perfect. See, if you hurt my imperfect feelings, how do you hurt the perfect feelings of God? So the pride in our achievements and our possessions, in Mark chapter 10, verse 21 and 23, and I'm almost finished, in the New Living Translation, he says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. He says, there's still one thing you haven't done. This is a rich young ruler, the parable here. He says, there's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. He says, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And you know, a lot of people come away from that story and what they hear is, you can't be rich and get into the kingdom. That is nowhere near what Jesus is saying. What you possess is not the problem. It's what possesses you that's the problem. Do you really think that this guy could not have sold all his possessions, given to the poor, and Jesus multiplied everything that he had? He will never know because he walked away. Because what possessed him was greater than what he possessed. See, we have to be careful. What is the thing right now in your life that you just can't live without? I don't know. Uh, you know, some people, I understand loved ones who go on. I am like everyone else. I've had, I've lost loved ones in my life. Nobody should make it to the point in your life where you cannot go on without them. God, didn't, God did not create you like that. Nobody should have that kind of influence in your life. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. They were like this to me. They were like that. They weren't like God to you, no matter who they are. I love my mama, I love my daddy, I love my wife, I love my kids, but I believe that there's a grace in God to be able to go on if I have to without them. Because if not, that means that all my life I live subject to them, not to God. I know that this is tight, you all, but somebody's got to start saying this so we can wake up and see what it really means to follow Christ. I am seeing people say and do some things that's absolutely unbelievable and still think it's Christ-like. I'm mad at God because my grandmama died. Well, how old was she? 98? So what you thought was going to happen? Did you think she was going to live forever? Where are we at? You mean to tell me that you couldn't see the blessedness in that God gave you, that gave a woman 98 years on the planet? When at best you get 70? See how selfish we really are? See, people don't want to say, I know this is uncomfortable for people. Because you're really saying that you're selfish. If it was up to you, you would have made them live forever. 
and that God gave you the opportunity to be able to have a relationship with somebody like that, to make every moment count, could it be that you really didn't make the moments count? And that you're really living in guilt now and you decided to turn the guilt into anger and you had to point it somewhere other than yourself so you pointed it toward God. See, let's be real. Let's really deal with the situation. Because God doesn't want us to have any attachments. Not that you can't love people. Love them with all your might. But know that one day, you know what, if you really love them, you share with them the truth. So I won't just be with you now, I'll be with you for all eternity. Oh, people getting quiet, so. John chapter 14 and verse 30, and we get ready to close. This is what Jesus says. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. In other words, Jesus said, Jesus had nothing in his life that was compatible to attach to. The enemy's going to come, but I ain't got nothing he could attach to. Can you say that? That the enemy may come in your life, but you have nothing that's compatible for him to attach to. There is no lust of the eyes. There is no lust of the flesh. There is no pride of life, because I don't love this world. Neither the things that are of this world. There's nothing for him to attach to. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We love to read the scriptures concerning the rapture. I want you to know this. The rapture does not require any attachments. Just be ready. It's not about what your mama done, not about what your daddy done. The rapture requires no attachments. A simple relationship with Jesus Christ to have you in a state of readiness is all it requires. Not all of these other things that people tell you are important, just a relationship with him. Remember Hebrews 12 and 1, and we're going to close. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run this race, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Today, I encourage you to get rid of all attachments. Anything that's more influential in your life than God, get rid of it. Any bodily attachments or physical attachments that you may have, get rid of them. You don't need a drink to feel better. You don't need a drug to feel better. See, these are attachments. These are things that we have put in place in our lives, and they are things that will be attachments that will pull us down. It's time to be honest and to get rid of all attachments in our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are on the sound of my voice now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would simply bear witness to the truth. Lord, every person that has heard this message, let them not push this away. Let it not be something that they're distracted from. But I pray, Holy Spirit, grip our hearts. Grip our hearts that we would understand that anything that's an attachment, let us sever it now in the name of Jesus. I pray for an understanding of what I've said and that it would be clear and precise to each situation and circumstance and that no one would be confused as to what's being said by your spirit, Lord. I pray that they would see the areas that you've spoken to them specifically in and they would deal with them accordingly. I pray, Father, for the power and the ability that you've given them to discern this moment of time and recognize how important it is now to be free of all attachments. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you're coming and you're coming soon. May we recognize the time and the season and free ourselves of the attachments that we have gathered in the course of life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, for those of you all that may not know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you cannot free yourself of attachments if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have the ability to do so. 
But I have good news for you. The good news is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, died for your sins. He loved you enough to give his life for you even when you did not know him. He loved you enough to make sure that there was a way made for you that all you needed to do was accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. I want to share this with you. Your life will change and it will change for the better if you simply accept Christ as Lord and Savior. It's not about you figuring out things. It's not about you trying to do things on your own. It's about you having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the son of the living God. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. That is the gospel. And it will, I promise you, what I am sharing with you now is life-changing if you will allow it to be so. Listen, if you're here and you say, well, listen, that's me. I understand the importance. I don't, I don't, I don't get all of this. I don't know everything, but I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's your start. Right there. That's it. I want you to pray with me now. Very simple prayer. We're not, it won't be long. It won't be drawn out. Nothing confusing. As a matter of fact, I want you to just bow your head with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you were buried. And I believe you rose again from the dead. I accept you as Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Again, I want to say thank you, Facebook family, for being with us. We appreciate you. May God bless you and may he keep you. And if you're interested in being a part of the giving in our ministry, uh, we ask that you would simply look uh, at the, uh, the screenshot that's there and avail yourself of the information there. Go click on our giving and we'll be more than happy to receive what you want to donate to us. And we pray that God will richly bless you for your giving. God bless you, and again, thank you for being with us.